In an earlier segment of our series celebrating the 50th anniversary of the establishment of a national park known as the Buffalo National River in the Arkansas Ozarks, we explored a bit of what archaeology and historical study tells us about people who have lived along this river. We're going to dive a little deeper and ask about the down-to-earth economics of it all. How did people, over time, make a living here? We know that the prehistoric occupation of the Ozarks saw hunter-gatherers using natural shelters like caves and overhangs, hunting and harvesting abundant animals and plants that suited their way of life. And we've heard that the Osage were dominant in the Ozarks from early in the historical era. They hunted on plains to the west, but they claimed and fiercely protected their fall and winter range across the Ozarks. They established a network of camps they would return to annually because this was land that simply met their needs. BNR Ranger Interpreter Kevin Middleton. This was a fairly rich area. There was a lot of food. There was, there was plenty of water. There was game. There was fish. There were many plants that were edible. There were many plants that were used in a medicinal way. And those folks knew all of that. Um, so they would come, you know, cert if certain plants were needed at certain times of the year, they may come just to that area for, for that reason. And again, there was always fish in the creeks and rivers. There was always game of some sort. The Osage did plant some crops, but not in their Ozark seasonal camps. The earliest settlers from a still young United States of America flowing in after the Louisiana Purchase were subsistence farmers first with hunting and gathering as necessary supplements to their way of life. Kevin Middleton. People were starting to come in bigger groups, bigger typically family groups. Um, sometimes there'd be 30 or 40 in, in, in a group and settling this land. Um, and there was plenty of land for the taking and, and it was good land as long as you knew how to work. And you had almost everything you needed along mainly the rivers and creeks. The bottom land was productive land. Um, so that's where people tended to settle the most, where obviously they needed water to survive, but that was where the, the, the land was good to grow crops. Um, along our rivers, Around here, a lot of them had a lot of the native cane. I've, I've read stories of that. And if you could find a piece of land that had that, that was pretty easy to clear. You could burn it and hack it out and, and you could clear land quickly. Obviously, if it was wooded, it took a lot more effort uh, with axes and saws. Uh, but then what you got from cutting trees is you could build your cabin. That was the first one of the first orders of business was to get some sort of shelter. There's records of, of uh, settlers, if they got here late in the year, as winter was coming on, actually living in some of the bluff shelters. Bluff shelters to cabins, hunting and gathering to bottomland farms, the will to wrest a living from terrain that was more challenging than some and willingness to do the hard work. If a family brought all of that with them, they could make a life in the Ozarks. Kevin. Those folks were skilled, so they knew what to do. They could build a shelter fairly quick, especially if they had a bigger family group um, with them, so they'd all help each other. They'd build that shelter, they'd get a garden going, and once they got more crops or, or more land cleared, they could actually grow crops. Corn would have been a staple that everybody grew. Um, 
They call them Irish potatoes in a lot of cases and sweet potatoes. They grow wheat um, at some point. Um, so there was a lot of, lot of crops and they all had to do with food. Um, there wasn't a cash economy yet. People weren't growing crops to sell, to, to make money. They were subsisting on what they could grow, what they could get out of the woods. No cash economy. But what about goods and services you need, but can't produce on your own? First, there's barter. If you're part of an extended family, sharing labor for clearing and building is easy. Otherwise, building a cabin or a barn meant finding a neighbor to work with. Beyond that, what do you have that you can put a value to that can be transported and exchanged? Stories come later about weeks-long treks to drive a herd of hogs to distant markets. Grains were turned into flour and meal on shares. The miller would keep a set percentage. But the most readily available commodity at hand was one Kevin has already mentioned. Well, as time moved on and, and people established their farms and their, their home places, um, one thing that was clear of the Ozarks is, is our immense hardwood forest here. Um, is a diverse forest. There was also some pine, uh, lots of cedar and juniper. Um, but that was a resource. And at some point, they understood that that was a valuable resource. So um, timber cutting became a way of life all through the Ozarks. Among the diverse Ozark timber species, the most readily marketable then and now has been the white oak. And the early white oak timbering industry had little to do with buildings. Well, why the white oak? Well, it makes really good whiskey barrels, they say. It also makes good wine barrels. And I've always thought, what a strange thing that you cut down a white oak tree in Newton County in the 1850s. And um, some of that wood may have ended up in France in a wine barrel. Uh, aging, maybe a Cabernet <laughs> Sauvignon, but uh, that, that actually happened. We, they were shipping uh, white oak over the ocean uh, to Europe, uh, but they're also using it um, in Kentucky and Tennessee, some of the big um, whiskey-making areas. Other species, other perhaps surprising uses. One really interesting one to me is in the early 1900s, when they decided to come, um, the immense resource of, of cedars and junipers, and they turned those into penny pencils. The business of turning logs into usable lumber of all kinds also evolved. The earliest sawmills producing building materials for a local use or for shipping were often water-powered companions to grist mills. Early commercial operations were often portable and steam-powered. So-called peckerwood mills could be set up quickly at a fresh site stay in place until the target supply had been exhausted and then moved. This created a camp culture with movable tents, cooking, eating, and washing operations. Over time, large fixed operations developed with the lumber shipped in by mule, on rivers, and finally by rail. In the mid-1920s, one mill in the Ozark community of Leslie was turning out 4,500 white oak barrels each day. Another industry rose up and prospered for a while, then mostly faded away. Something that came a bit later uh, than the timber was mining. And uh, people always ask, well, what were they mining here? I've never heard of gold mines or silver mines. Well, that's what the early explorers wanted to find. They, they were dying to find gold and silver. 
Um, they didn't in the Ozarks. But what the early guys, some of the early trappers even, were finding lead deposits. And what did they what did they need for bullets back then? Lead. And if it was a pure enough deposit, and, and, and I've seen them here, you can chip the lead out of the, the rock, you can melt it in a campfire, and you can make a ball for your musket. Not only lead, it turns out, but other necessary ores for munitions were found here. Potassium nitrate, called saltpeter, and other minerals essential to Civil War-era gunpowder making were regular sites for skirmishes during that especially devastating time in the Ozarks. Zinc, necessary for galvanizing metal, created an outright boomtown atmosphere in the 1880s and 90s in communities like Ponca, known today as a favorite put-in site for canoeing. Later on, we'll talk more about Rush, a ghost town now, but a bonanza in that era. So there were lots of jobs. People were making a dollar a day. Wow, make a dollar a day digging down in a hole in the ground, probably terrible conditions. But that was good money back then because there weren't, other than the timber, there wasn't a way to make a lot of money up here. So mining and timber. Mining, based on resources that weren't renewable, is a very small part of the Ozarks economy these days. Timber decimated over the years, but renewable when good management practices are in place is still important. But taking the long view, it seems that people have wanted to come to the Ozarks and have found a way to make a living. That's different from coming to a place because there's money to be made. The Buffalo National River, like the rest of the Ozarks, draws people simply because they want to be here. Thank you.